Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell hanging out in the middle of a beautiful Denver thunder slash hailstorm. So if you happen to hear big crash boom bang, that is just, um, you know, Mother Nature chiming in with her thought on some answers for (laughs) y'all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, we got to see each other. Gosh, what was that about two weeks ago in Redmond? And you and I didn't get to do much of a download after after the whole thing. So I want to hear about the hike because you led uh, the long hike option at Smith Rock State Park. And you'd never been there before. And so I'm just really curious to hear some your thoughts and about the adventure. Yes. It was so yes. Um, so Mother Nature was definitely in cooperation that day. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had highlighted my route very, very well. You sent it to me prior to me leaving Denver. So I took out my orange highlighter and it's like the <laughs> perimeter of the park. It oh, was you not really highlighted it. Okay. I did. Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I was, I mean, I don't know how many people ended up going. So we said it was about 7.3 miles. I think it turned out to be closer to, you know, seven and a half or that was for me, it was seven point six. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what was that one? The, oh, Misery Ridge. Is that? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so we get into the car on, um, you know, the Uber on whatever day we got there. And there's like two other people with me. And and uh, we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go hiking. He goes, are you going on Misery Ridge? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. So um, we definitely have our, our work cut out for us. We did not go on Misery Ridge, but that is part of Smith Rock State Park. It is. And the five mile group came mm-hmm. down Misery Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, they sure did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They sure did. <laughs> anyway, so we did like kind of the perimeter of the park. I would say probably there was, I don't know, 20 women in our group. I mean, it was so funny because um, all of us, we all kind of started out the same way and we walked over this bridge over the the Crooked River. Am I making that up? Do you happen to I think know the name a, of the river? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We looked up the name of it. So Crooked River, there was this big bridge and, um, you know, all of us, are kind of a force, the you know, sixty some women, and so the the bridge kind of started shaking a little it bit. It started shaking a lot. It started shaking a lot, and it was very unexpected. It happened very like all of a sudden. It was like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I actually stopped. I got to the other side. I did not fall in and recorded it. So we'll put that up on Instagram so people can see it. So that was kind of the start. People were like, wow, I'm really dizzy. Like that was weird. That was hard. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, it's going to be a long day. But after that, everything was was really great. I mean, we had a great, great hike. Uh, we went up what was called Summit Ridge. We went up to the top and, you know, it, it was definitely very classic hiking where a lot of like, oh, am I there yet? No, there's another switchback. There's another switchback. There's another mm-hmm. switch. Just put your head down, keep going forward. And so the funny part was, though, that so I was with a group of about five women and um, I put this woman named Sue, shout out to Sue, who did, um, what did she do last year? I always want to call it El Capitan and that's not what it's called. Half Dome. Half uh-huh. Dome. She did Half Dome last year. We met her. In Sarah, Yosemite. Chicago- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, we met her at the run show. So she's a very capable hiker, did did awesome. And um, but I put her in front uh, at this one part where, you know, again, so I had my map highlighted. Everyone, you know. Most people, like say seven out of eight people had all trails, which is a great app that has the trails on it. And you can kind of follow along where you are in all trails. Yeah, it's really, it's it's quite a great app, I have to say. And so, um, so, you know, at the beginning, everybody's, you know, taking pictures of the maps and pulling out their all trails. And I put Sue at the beginning of this. um, I'm like, okay, Sue, like lead us home. 
And, mm-hmm. um, and then we got to this part where we were like, mm, I'm not sure if we go left or right here. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, so who has all trails or who has their map? <laughs> like, literally, I was in the group with like nobody. <laughs> oh, <no>. like, <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I mean, I was like, all right, well, we got to go back. I knew that we're the easiest way down I knew wasn't the way that we wanted to go. I knew that mm-hmm. that was going to lead us not back towards the parking lot. I mean, you could almost see the parking lot from where we're from. It's just oh. where we were. It was just hard to, you know, it's over mm-hmm. a river through a dale over there, you know? <laughs> so we, uh, we went back and I, I pulled up my all trails at that point that thankfully there was cell service. And literally I, you know, I said, I'm on this, you know, I, I figured out where we were and where we wanted mm-hmm. to get back to like, you know, at that point I was like, we are following this all trails. Like it literally has like a blue arrow and where oh. you want to be. And it'll, and it'll tell you, I mean, the, the premium version will tell you if you're off trail, but I mean, even it's just really helpful to, if you're like compass deficient, like I am, you know, to kind of like <laughs> put your, you know, turn your phone around and kind of be like, okay, I'm going to point this way and we're going to go this way. And you see the blue mm-hmm. arrow moving and you're like, okay, this is right. you know. <laughs> um, and unfortunately the, the thing that this was right is, I mean, I want to say it wasn't a, I don't know what the decline was, but it was a get on your butt and go down. Like mm. it was super, super sketchy. <laughs> it was a trail um, because there were a couple <laughs> places where they had um, like rebar in it. Someone was like, watch out. There's some rebar over here. Don't get caught on that. Oh my like, gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> so it wasn't like we were exploring, you know, we kind of knew where we were. Mm. And so, yeah, we, I mean, Mary um, who had had a little bit of a fall already, I was like, Mary, get on your butt, use my poles. You know, she wouldn't use my poles. Finally, I'm like, use my poles. <laughs> I was like, not a, not a question. It was a, it was a statement. <laughs> and the, everyone, I mean, everyone did great, but it was definitely an adventure. And um, Pam, mm-hmm. who, Bammer Pammer, who a lot of people know, because um, she writes for our website, among other things. So she was in kind of the lead. And I was like, Pam, are you at the bottom yet? Because I was at the top. And she's like, yes. And I was like, okay, phew, okay, we can do this. Like, I wasn't sure how far down we had to go down this thing. So we all got down, you know, had our laughs. You know, I I give people a lot of credit because it was not, it was very, very sketchy. And, you Mm -hmm, know, at that point, mm -hmm. you're tired, it's hot, it's sunny, you know, you just want to be done. And I'm like, oh, yep. And and so we got to the bottom, like, it wouldn't be a hike without dimity if we didn't get lost. So, you know, there you go. This is a legit dimity hike. Also, it's just a classic, you know, so close, but yet so far away. You're like, I think I can see our SUV, but but we need to somehow get over Yeah, there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Yeah, exactly. So so again, so I was kind of, we were kind of the back of the pack. We'd like to take our pictures. We'd like to take our time. We slid down our butts on a couple things. <laughs> and so there was a group ahead of us, you know, the bulk of the group was ahead of us. And I was like, I don't know where they are. Mm. That That's the other thing is we all drove there. We, we had plenty of people at the retreat who had driven there or rented a car. So we all drove over mm-hmm. to Smith Rock State Park. So at the end, you know, I thought that this like little downhill detour had definitely like slowed us up quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so is anyone here a driver? Just thinking that like, you know, oh, gosh. no, no, no one had a car key. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All the people who don't have all trails on their phone and don't have cars. Okay. Go over there. You're going with Dimity. Okay. 100%. All right. Everybody else over there. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So then, so then we start walking and I'm like, okay, keep drinking, keep eating. You know, like I just wanted to make sure that everyone was okay. And so then I'm like, okay. And this is also what happens on a hike with Dimity or, you know, one of these longer hikes is you get really annoyed. <laughs> and you like, you know, you need to take your mind off the fact that you're not home yet, you know? So I started like, you know, 
playing a dumb game. Like, what's your favorite drink or something like that? I think it was. <laughs> and then like literally I, you know, it pulled like two or three people and we walk up and underneath this huge tree is the gang of women mm. that, you know, that were waiting for us. Basically, they'd been waiting for us. Oh, for, nice. It was very, very nice. nice. They had some benches. They had shade. It was very, very nice. So I was like, you know, I started to tell the story about the downhill and this and that. And they're like, oh, we did the same thing. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel so much better that I, <laughs> we weren't the only ones that lost the trail, you know? So. Oh, my gosh. What an adventure. And wh- I mean, what do you overall, what do you think of Smith Rock? I, oh. I really think it feels I think it looks a lot like southern Utah. I mean, it does. I mean, it was stunning. It was stunning. It was mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, again, the day was just beautiful. So, you know, you've got blue, blue skies. You've got the river underneath you. Everything is really green. You've got the rocks mm-hmm. and the rock climbers. I mean, it's like one of those days where you're just like, oh, you know, this this earth is so perfect. There's so many cool things mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. And I loved it. Um, I mean, a lot of people hadn't hiked, you know, know, certainly they've gone on walks and stuff, but like had not done a legit like mountain hike before. So that was really cool to have that, you know, it's kind of like going to, I don't know, Aspen for your first time to ski or I don't know, I'm making that up, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like, you know, driving a Tesla for the first time you ever drive a car, you know, it's like, wow, this is really nice. Like, you know, are all hikes like this? No, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. But on the retreat, they <laughs> for are. better or worse, they're not. Yeah, they, yeah. they are not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that segues right into our first question, because this is from Elizabeth, who's on vacay. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Elizabeth. I live in Long Beach, California. But right now I'm in Antigua, Guatemala on a run uh, overlooking the town and the beautiful volcano. My question is, when you go on vacation, what kind of running physical activity do you typically suggest? Right now I'm in the middle of the um, Grand Canyon training plan. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm running here. The elevation's about 5,000 feet, and I usually live at sea level. I live at sea level. So um, what do you suggest to get out in, in early in the morning for a run or walk or whatever, but still keep up your your stamina for all the touristy, you know, vacation you can visit? Thanks. Bye. Oh, me gusta este mensaje. Our first ever voice memo from Central America. I um, love it, Sarah. Say that one more time. Was, that speaks Spanish to me again. Uh, me gusta este mensaje. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, and this is such a good question because a lot of us are dealing with this, right? I mean, I'm traveling a ton in July and um, I know other people. I mean, it's it's the land of summer family vacations, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I just was like, oh, perfect timing. Okay, so Dimity, I say we should each share what we do when we go on vacation with our family and then you can switch into your coach hat and make some suggestions. How do you like the sound of that? That sounds perfect. Okay, good. Okay, so Elizabeth's question made me reminisce about a European vacation I took with my family in December of 2018. So we went to Amsterdam, Paris, and Athens, and I would go for a three or four mile run outside through the city, probably two out of three days before the rest of the folks woke up. You know, I was traveling with teens, so I knew they were going to be sleeping late. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> jet lag, alarms. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it was funny because I thought, gosh, how did I wake up so early? It's like, oh, no, 
you didn't have to wake up early because you're traveling. I was traveling with teens and it was winter. So in my mind, you know, the memories I have are very much in the dark. It's like, well, that's because it doesn't, the sun doesn't rise in Europe very early in December, <laughs> right around the solstice. So, um, so I really enjoyed seeing the city on foot solo, but I kept my mileage to just kind of a maintenance level because I didn't want to tire myself out or be gone for too long or feel rushed when I got back to the Airbnb or the hotel. Yeah, you wanted to have time to kind of like relax, shower, mm-hmm. change, and be like, okay, now we're going to go. I just did a mm-hmm. long run. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of my mentality too when I hit a vacation. You know, if I am training for something, I will try to kind of plan early plan around it. Right. You Mm, know, so she mm -hmm. said she's training for the Grand Canyon, um, which is great. You know, so I would maybe look at the training schedule and mostly try to shimmy it around so that I get my big workouts done either before I go or when I get back. Right. Mm. Because you don't want to have like a 14 mile run hanging over your head, um, you know, the day before, you know, like on a Friday at the beach and you're like, oh, "Oh, Saturday morning, I've got to go run long. Oh, I know. I've I've done that a million years ago. I mean, back in the 90s when I was training for my very first ever marathon. And I remember being on, oh gosh, I think it's Jekyll Island. Yes, that's where it was. I was with my parents and my brother and his wife. And I just... I remember being on such a long, sweaty run. And my mother went out running some errands. And she, so this car pulls up alongside of me. I'm thinking, oh, what now? And I turn, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ride home, sweetie? <laughs> yeah. 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 I did. Yeah. I did that. I, I, I have some memories of that, too, especially like going from, you know, when we went to Florida for spring break and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, getting into that heat for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Okay. So so now give us some professional advice, Coach Dimity. You know, it's got to be what works for you and your family. We actually just did this question in the Train Like a Mother newsletter that came out recently. So I actually have a lot of ideas on my mind, but they're not mine. Oh. They're from oh, okay. um, coaches Jess, I believe, and coach uh, Mandy, who does the 5K programs. But um, they said, you know, exactly that. Like, do something that, you know, move so that you feel good, mm-hmm. you know, especially if your movement is something that helps preserve your sanity. We all know that mm-hmm. family vacations mm-hmm. can be a lot of together time, you know, that, and you're not, if you're not used to that, you know, if your kids are in school or, you know, your kids are teenagers or whatever, and you're like, okay, I need to cope. And I don't need to cope by yelling at them right now. I need to go for a run, you know? Um, so definitely like plan for that. But again, don't try to integrate like long runs or really big stuff. Um, it's harder when you're not a runner anymore. I will say that just because, you know, walking is, is definitely a good thing, you know? Um, but unless you have like a hotel gym at your disposal, it's harder to get in a sweat. Um, so, you know, it might be that you just kind of say, okay, this is the week that I, you know, just walk or I do some, you know, body weight stuff mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. I get back from a walk or, you know, whatever. But that that is, I would say, one thing because running is just so accessible. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that anymore, it's hard when you travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then the other element of her question that I liked was that elevation part of it uh, that I love that sea level Elizabeth is using her trip to Guatemala to do some altitude training. Ah, it's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, so altitude is obviously it's going to slow you down. It's going to mm-hmm. make, it's going to fatigue you more than you think it should, you know, you sh- especially if you're like, oh, I'm fit. I'm training for a marathon or the Grand Canyon or whatever. And you get there and you're like, wow, why is my pace a minute slower? And mm-hmm. I'm just dragging my little mm-hmm. cute booty along here, mm-hmm. you know? So um, the best things to do, I mean, use your heart rate or use 
rate of perceived exertion, which I know we're going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. Um, So really try to keep your effort at a level that your effort would be at home and Mm -hmm. kind of try to just leave the numbers, you know, aside, push those aside. Mm. I mean, the other thing is to just really load up on sodium electrolytes because, you know, you're going to sweat more at altitude. You may not feel it. It depends upon here in Colorado, it's a dry sweat, as we know, (laughs) um, except for when it's raining outside. And so, uh, you know, you may not feel like you're losing a lot of, you know, liquid like you do maybe at home in Oregon, but, um, Mm -hmm. Or where is she from? Oh, she's actually from California. That's right. But anyway, I would just say, yeah, make sure to like preload, because especially if you're flying, mm-hmm. fly with some electrolytes, you know, have them on the run, drink mm-hmm. them afterwards, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Okay, well, let's hear from the brands that allow us to bring you this free content. Please consider supporting them since they support us. We'll be back soon with more Q's and A's. This is Liza, who's curious about how closely she needs to follow a training plan. Hi, this is Liza from Austin, Texas. I'm training for a half marathon in the beginning of June. If my training plan specifies a seven-mile weekday run, but I run four miles that day and three the next, I'm assuming I'm not getting the same benefit. But what is the difference? I always do the weekend long run, but sometimes skip a run or two during the week. How important is it to follow a plan exactly? Thanks for helping me run many happy miles. Thank you, Liza, for your many happy miles. Love, we always love hearing that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I apologize for not answering this question before her half marathon. So sorry about that. Eliza, we, we hope it went. Hope, hope, <laughs> yeah. hope our, you weren't waiting on our answer before you did that run. <laughs> I, know, I know. So we hope it went well. And but, but the thing is, I figure Liza is emblematic, is representational of a lot of people out there who are wondering this very same thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a rule follower. I tend to follow training plans to the letter, but I know I'm probably in the minority on that one. Yep, yep. We know you're a very good student, Sarah. Good patient, good student, all those things. Yeah. And I think, I mean, three plus four miles is not the same as seven miles straight. Um, It's just like there's some differences there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we can talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what I think about when I heard this question is, you know, that a lot of training is about getting time on your feet and taxing your body so that it recovers to get stronger. And so that you need to have that, the the bigger push of the, if it says seven miles, it means that extended period of time and that amount of breakdown that's going to happen in the miles. And because for me, you know, the, the reason I, I am such a, you know, plan follower is I'm just motivated by this fear that if I skip one workout, I'll then blow off a second one and then so on and so on and so on. And so then the whole cycle is shot. It's definitely the catastrophizing rationale for why I stick to the training <laughs> program. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear, it's so funny. Amelia is um, right now. So she's going to be a junior in college, still playing volleyball and she's supposed to lift weights three days a week. Mm. Um, and, uh, and she's also working as a camp counselor right now, like mm. a day camp counselor from like she leaves at 7.30 and she's doing the aftercare for the extra money. So she gets home around like seven at night. Oh boy. Okay. It's a very long day. Yeah. 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 Especially because yeah. she's dealing with middle school. Her she, her group right now is middle school, oh which is not Oof. her favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, I would like the first graders. Please. <laughs> but anyway, so she's got to lift weights three days a week. That's her off-season program. And I'm like, well, 
you know, as the mom comes in instead of the coach, I'm like, you know, she comes home, she's really tired. I'm like, why don't you just sleep in tomorrow morning? And, you know, and then you can go do it on Saturday and Sunday. She's like, no, you know, if I do it that once, mm. um, I'm giving myself permission to do it again. Um, mm. And and then she's, and I was like, and she's like, she really wants her weekends free, you know, mm. and I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that, you know, mm-hmm. so. So mm-hmm. she's a real follower too, Sarah. She's she's uh, you know following your wake, following your wake. Yeah. So <laughs> Auntie Sarah, <laughs> Auntie Sarah is doing a good job. So yeah, I mean, so the biggest thing, I mean, you know, there's no real harm in splitting up three and four, right? I mean, but the idea, but that's you know, that is not the same thing as doing seven because you know after a seven mile run, most of us are feeling pretty worked, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. your legs are more tired. And the plan probably has it at seven for a reason, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so then the next day, I'm guessing, is going to be easy or mm-hmm. off, you know, before you hit it again. Mm-hmm. And so one rationale around training plans is you keep the hard days really hard and the easy days really easy. Mm-hmm. And so by splitting it up, you're kind of doing like medium, medium or mm-hmm. easy, you know. And so it's not that I would say, you know, it's absolutely going to ruin you. It's absolutely not going to do that. But if she has a seven miles on her plan... And she can't get to seven because of time constraints or whatever. I would say get as close to seven as you can and then take that next day off or do exactly what the next day says. Don't mm-hmm. try to make up mileage. Don't try to, you know, s- spread things out because people put plans together with training principles in mind. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Again, like if you can do five instead of four and that's as close as you get to seven, great. And then the next day, don't worry about those extra two, you know, Mm. don't try to tack them on somewhere else. At the end of the day, it's probably going to do more harm than benefit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also think one thing that I find it's not as much true for a half marathon as it is for a marathon, but you know, if you don't get a midweek run that's up there, you know, that has some higher mileage than the other weekday runs you're doing, it's just what for my body was always too long to go between from one long weekend run to another long weekend run with just yeah. shorter runs. You know, it's just like, it's a big, it's a big, like you get into a big dip, right? You go mm-hmm. like 15 and then your longest run during the week is like five and then you're mm-hmm. supposed to go 18 and you're like, wait a second. You like to r- rather have it be like seven or eight, just not make it quite mm-hmm. that descent, not quite as steep. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Make it not misery yeah. rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, totally. The other thing I want to throw out there, just in case this is helpful, um, you know, so doing four one day and three the next is not the same as seven. But if you are pinched for time Mm -hmm. um, in the morning, like say she could do five in the morning, you could come home in the afternoon and do two Mm -hmm. and then follow the next day as it is. Mm -hmm. So that that feels because that's closer together and it's not a full rest. You've had kind of you're still kind of running on tired legs. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, oh, I really want to get seven doing five or five and a half or whatever I can do doesn't feel like enough. Mm-hmm. Try to put it somehow in that day or go mm-hmm. for a two mile walk at work or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that where you're keeping it more in a tighter container. Yep. Yep. Very good. Very good. Okay. This is Dina who's confused by rate of perceived exertion. Hi, this is Dina from Alberta, Canada. Big fan of another mother runner. I just had a quick question about RPE. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I have a hard time understanding my rate of perceived effort. I either seem like my level is walking or I'm so out of breath that I'm having trouble keeping up. I can't ever seem to find a happy medium between the two. I'm just wondering if there's an easier way for you guys to explain it so that maybe I can catch on to this whole RPE thing. 
Thanks. So thanks for the AMR love, Dina. Yeah, very sweet. Very sweet. So I love a good primer. So I'm going to explain first what primer. I say you you didn't say primer. Um, I I like saying primer. I just feel a little British, you know, been watching some (laughs) some acorn TV. (laughs) Look at you when you're going from Spanish to British. Got to say it in a British accent, sir. Yeah, a little primer. Yes. Uh, So so let me explain what RPE is. So the full name of this scale, which is a way of measuring physical activity intensity level, is the Borg rating of perceived exertion. That's where we get the RPE rate of perceived exertion. And so Perceived exertion is how hard you feel like your body is working, both in terms of feeling of shortness of breath, as well as how tired you feel in your legs and overall. So it's it's not just, oh, I'm panting or gosh, my legs feel like garbage. It's the, the two of them combined. So the Borg scale goes from zero, which is no activity whatsoever, up to 10, which is max effort. So Dim, how about you explain what level folks typically want to exercise at and then why and when you want to head higher on that Borg scale. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I I typically think of it as like one is a mall walk and 10 is like you're trying to win the gold at the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm, In the 400 mm-hmm. meters or something like that, right? You're going, you're going. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that's, that's where a lot of people, a lot of people think of it as like black and white like that. Mm. If you don't believe me, just go coach girls on the run for a little while. <laughs> and those girls like shoot like out of a cannon, like I could they just fast and furious or they're like, oh, I cannot take another step right now. I'm so tired. And that is very, very typical. So it's finding those gears in between, mm-hmm. um, you know, so like a three, four is an easy effort run, you know, mm-hmm. like where you like, I could still keep running maybe a five. Six kind of is that mm, like marathon efforts. Um, six, seven gets you into the half marathon. Seven, eight is like 5K, 10K effort. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, eight, nine, 10 is uh, like a track workout. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I think about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, can I interject for a sec? Cause I really, cause I, in, in Dina's question, what I really heard is, you know, it giving her another way to think about it. And I really love your finding the gears in between. And, you know, if Dina's accustomed to riding a bike or has a stick shift car, that sort of thing, it's thinking about like, okay, I need to be on the going with a stick shift car, you know, I need to be in one, when I start when I start moving forward after the light turns green, and then, you know, going up to two up to three, you know, getting into four, and then as you're getting onto that freeway on ramp, then you're in fifth gear and boom, you're, you're off. You're going, you're going yeah. for your PR. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no. So, I mean, you can, I mean, I mean, so the biggest thing, you know, it, it is hard to find those gears, right? And so mm-hmm. the biggest thing, I mean, most people have to slow down. That's, mm. you know, because usually what they're trying to do is go too hard, too fast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of it just depends on where you like how you can kind of get inside your body, you know, mm-hmm. and, and see what this feels like, you know, and there's certain ways to do that. Heart rate is a really good way to do that. That is like a little bit more definite and individualized than RPE because you can get your zones, which, mm-hmm. you know, can coordinate to RPE, but then you know, like, okay, if I hit 135, I need to slow down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can do that a little bit with splits, but that's harder to do because your splits you know, are never consistent day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're like, Oh, if I can run an eight minute mile, if I'm at nine 30, should I slow down? Well, it depends upon if it's hot out, 
if you are, you know, if you're stressed out, what time of day it is, where you are in your period. I mean, it's that it just doesn't give you the same Mm -hmm. hard numbers as heart rate can. So, you know, a a lot of it is just trial and error and it comes with time on your feet. It comes with Mm -hmm. fitness too. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying that Dina isn't fit, but I'm just saying like time on your feet and endurance because you are able to find more gears when you can, you know, you know, the difference between or you have the ability, I guess I should say, to really sprint a 400 um, mm-hmm. versus like taking it down two notches to do an 800, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know like how to explain it other than, you know, you just got to go, you know, you kind of just have to go. It's kind of like learning how to drive a stick. Like you're going to grind a lot. You're probably going to mm-hmm. have some people honking at you or your body <laughs> honking at you. Um, but eventually you'll smooth things out over time, right? Yeah. And it is you saying it's about fitness and it's about learning what those feelings are. Because when, you know, as I'm coming back to running after my bulging discs, I so felt that I was either at a walk pace or just panting, trying to get all the air into my lungs that I possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that I just felt like I am never going to feel good again. I will never feel relaxed and easy. The like a three or four, it just was. It, I couldn't find it. It was just the gears were stripped. I could, there was nothing to hold on to. <laughs> and, and so then, but yesterday morning when I went out on an easy three miler before listening to this question and actually thought like, huh, okay, this feels like a three or a four. And, and, you know, I, my, my breathing wasn't super loud. It wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't all I could think about. I, I was able to to be enjoying it. And then toward the end in the final mile, I was like, okay, I want to see if I can push my pace. So, you know, start taking, you know, quicker steps and got my, I was like, okay, I'm at about a six right now. I'm, I'm feeling this. I I don't want to keep running this, this speed, the whole, any more than the three blocks that I need to get to my house, but I can hold on to this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because you have the experience of, of being there. You know, you've done that a lot mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was like, it was like seeing a friend I hadn't seen in a long time because I had been so out of running training for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it does take time. Um, I mean, the other thing that you've probably heard a million times, but it's worth repeating, just thinking about the easy effort, you know, can you sing a song? Can you sing along to your mm-hmm. music? Can you hold mm-hmm. a conversation and, and, and be realistic, right? You know, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know, it's like a minister Jones and me, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> oh my going back to the counting. Well, I was just like, God. what song can I sing right now besides, you know, my country tis of thee, which is the one that they always, you know, it rhymes, Mr. Jones and me, my country tis of thee. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so, you know, be be honest there. And, you know, because there is a difference between walking and a brisk walk. There is a difference between mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an easy jog and a more determined jog. And again, you just have to mm-hmm. kind of play with it. But um, but if you're like, OK, I really want to help find my gears, I would highly suggest strapping on a heart rate monitor, um, potentially taking like a heart and soul heart rate training basics 101, just because that just gives you some guideposts as to where your easy is. And it changes with time, especially as Mm -hmm. you get more fit, which is awesome. So Mm -hmm. excellent. Excellent. Well done. 
All right. Well, that was a great answer to that great question. Please call call it. Was it great, Sarah? Was it great? It was. It was great. It was great. Uh, So we'd like more great questions. (laughs) Please please call with yours to 470-BADASS-1. That's 470-223-2771. Start with your first name and where you're calling from, and please keep your message to a minute or less. And that number is always in our show notes. Okay. And do you have a half marathon on your fall schedule? We've got a program to get you over the finish line, feeling strong and smiling. Take this review from Cassandra, who recently did our 13.1 run walk program, who said, this program is really the whole package between the well put together plan, the videos and more. It's absolutely the answer to injury free training and running a half marathon you can be proud of. Mm. So if you're looking for a half marathon you want to be proud of, head to the programs tab on our website and check out all six of our comprehensive half marathon programs, including some that include heart rate. Just saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Keep those questions coming. We're here with answers and we won't make you go up or down misery ridge how's that sarah (laughs) very good